0: Welcome to TD Cowan Insights, a space that brings leading thinkers together to share insights and ideas shaping the world around us. Join us as we converse with the top minds who are influencing our global sectors. We're here to talk about the greatest story ever worn. It's Levi's. What an iconic brand. My name is Oliver Chen. Cowan's new platform, retail, and luxury analyst. In this episode, we're excited to explore Levi's impressive apparel transformation in leadership and experiential omni-channel capabilities. We're thrilled to host Harmeet Singh, Chief Financial and Growth Officer at Levi Strauss & Company. Harmeet joined Levi's in 2013. He's been instrumental in taking the brand public in 2019. In prayer, he held several global leadership roles at leading consumer franchises, including CEO of Hyatt Hotels Corp and CFO of Yum Restaurants. Harmeet, thanks for being here with us. Thanks, uh, Oliver, for having me. It's such a pleasure. So you've been instrumental in the past decade turning this company around. Um, What's changed most, and what are you most excited about about um, what the company is like now versus prior?
1: Gosh, it's been uh, over a decade. Uh, You know, Chip had got there a little before I did. And uh, when we joined, you know, the company was um, skewed to the U.S., skewed to U.S. wholesale, and skewed towards men's bottoms. And if you added all that up, uh, you would said low growth. The balance sheet was, you know, we were highly leveraged, so we were not investing for growth. Um, and there was very little stability in the management team. Um, the company today is a lot different. Um, our balance sheet is rock solid. Um, You know, I call it a real asset now. We're investing for growth. The business is very diversified. For example, international is now 55% of our business, you know, uh, and growing big time. Our women's business is a third of our business getting towards 50%. You know, we sell a lot more tops. Our direct-to-consumer business, which was about 20% of our business, now is 40%. On the way to 55%. If you look at the last 10 years, our sales have grown over a billion and a half dollars. You know, our gross margins are up a thousand basis points. Our EBIT margins are up 300 basis points. So, and the c- company generates a lot of cash, and it's all I think contributed a couple of things. One, you know, having the right strategies. And uh, you know, when we got here, our strategy was about growing the profitable core, which is our U.S. and wholesale business, because that's a cash cow generates a lot of cash, but expanding for more more—that was about growing a direct-to-consumer business, growing areas we underpenetrated, like like um, tops and women's, which are fast-growing categories, especially when you're underpenetrated, and then becoming more of an omni-channel uh, player. Uh, during the pandemic, we took a hard look at where we are because you know I had a little project plan. I called it bonsai, and uh, you know I went to Chip and the board and I said, you know, Chip. During the crisis, we have to hunker down. We have to manage through the crisis, but let's emerge stronger. And the, the, and it evolved into three areas of focus, which is let's become a DDC-first company, which is Accelerate DDC. Uh, let's uh, continue to be a brand-led company, and let's diversify. And the diversification led to the acquisition of Beyond Yoga and got us into leisure. So, uh, you know, companies are a very different company today. But we have huge opportunities going forward. It's exciting that you're also Chief Growth Officer. Um, what
0: initiatives are you most excited about, and what categories and geographies do you see the most opportunity?
1: Yeah, I'm humbled, uh, you know, to be to expanding my role as Chief Growth Officer. I'm a CFO who's always embraced growth, so this is, you know, this uh, expansion really resonates with me um, in terms of uh, the the expansion and role. You know, I look after now retail, real estate. I look after corporate strategy. I also, you know, uh, work with the team to determine what we license and what we don't we license. So really thinking about uh, the long term. The areas that, you know, we're really focused on growing. I'll talk categories and I'll talk geographies. Uh, In terms of categories, growing our tops business. Um, You know, 10 years ago, we were selling seven bottoms to a top. Best apparel companies sell one to one. Today, we're selling three bottoms to a top, but getting on the way. And it's about more of a head-to-toe look, something like I'm wearing today. You can buy T-shirts, you can buy woven shirts, you can buy denim shirts, you can buy dresses for her, you can buy skirts, and, you know, a complete lifestyle orientation. Um, The second is all about uh, growing our women's business. Um, And our women's business, which was about a fifth of our business 10 years ago, is about a third. And women's, believe it or not, is, uh, um, you know, generous, higher gross margin than than men's. And that was not the case 10 years ago. 10 years ago is a diluted to margin. Today is a creative. And then growing a, a, you know, non-denim business. Uh, So that's Dockers, that's Beyond Yoga, because we want to own a higher share of the closet. And so, you know, focusing on those areas from a category perspective. And we're not yet into auto We're not yet into footwear. So clearly opportunities as we think about diversification. In terms of geographies, um, I think uh, diversifying and growing the international piece of our business, which is higher gross margin, higher DDC is critical. Asia is uh, still a small piece of our business, but growing big time is about in the, in the mid to high teens. And I think with you know, a larger, younger population there, you know, consumers love us. Our brands are very uh, famous and iconic. I think that's an area we can continue to expand.
0: What do you think's least well appreciated about the investment story or the company?
1: Yeah, I think it's our diversification strategy and what's working. People still associate us with men's bottom denims. People still, uh, you know, when I talk to investors, you know, 50% of the conversation is about U.S. wholesale. So I think, you know, and what has really happened is the tra- as a transformation of the company and the focus in areas that are underpenetrated, We've grown our direct-to-consumer business. We've grown our non-denim business. Uh, We've grown internationally. We're focused on growing our tops business. Um, And so, you know, I think that's what is underappreciated. And so when people look at data, look at the denim category. Denim, we have to own and win. But the company is about becoming the best apparel company in the world. And that is more than pure denim bottoms. I'm also a big believer in customer
0: data platforms and loyalty programs. Um, What's ahead in terms of some key priorities and making sure you're connected and engaging?
1: Yeah, no, it's very critical. In fact, if someone asks me, why are we growing our direct-to-consumer business? It is about making that direct connection with the consumer. It is about interacting with the direct consumers. It's about interacting with people like you because we want to grow a higher share of the closet. So how do you do that? You know, we launched our loyalty program Uh, during the pandemic. We have 25 million loyal consumers. I jokingly say for a brand like ours, an iconic brand like ours, we should not have less than 100 million loyal consumers. They spend more. They are more loyal to the brand. They engage more. So that's one piece of it. And we just hired a chief digital officer, and he's focused on executing against the fundamental. Uh, The other piece is direct consumer engagement. You're able to interact. You're able to read trends better you're able to ensure you're able to satisfy these consumers better and they're able to shop, uh, you know, dire- directly with you a lot more, especially as we build more of a lifestyle orientation. So, you know, we're just beginning, uh, you know, uh, as the CFO, now I'm putting on my CFO hat, but very important for a growth hat, it is important to understand lifetime value of a consumer. You know, that's the data that we don't necessarily look at rigorously, but that's leading data. And how do you grow lifetime value? How do you grow engagement? You know, results will follow, but those are the areas of focus, uh, I
0: think, uh, seeing chart increasing engagement. Yeah. Um, magic and logic, it's a key theme. I teach a class at Columbia. Levi's a magical brand. Um, what do you think the essences of the brand um, How are you focused on taking care of the brand equity and also culturally evolving it?
1: The brand, you know, resonates with consumers, it's a democratic brand. You know the older consumer, the younger consumer. You know, and so it's a very democratic brand. It, you know, we uh, our styles. You know, are um, you know, allow us to fit any kind of fit. So a skinny. Uh, you know, you 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 love skinny jeans. So we have skinny product. Our baggy loser fits. You know, are selling uh, in like hot cakes. We have that. So very democratic. Uh, I think. But if you ask the consumer what they like about us and why they come back to us is. We have uh, a product that is high quality. We have product that is in the forefront of being sustainable. Uh, you know, we have sustainable initiatives all, all the time. I'll jokingly say uh, that uh, ESG is, wo- is woven into the DNA of our fabric. Uh, you know, we have programs where we reduce the use of water, which is a scarce commodity, reduce the use of chemicals, et cetera, et cetera. So I think as you think about you know, you know, why people love the brand beside making sure that we have products that are relevant and we lead trends. It's also products of high quality and products that, um, you know, have uh, sustainability woven into the fabric. Yeah, a deep sense of trust. Yeah. You're
0: wearing great 502s. I like the 711s, and I buy them at Kohl's or Macy's, but I need to go direct to consumer. Uh, last question. Uh, we have students listening to this too. For those who want to be in retail,
1: what do you recommend? I've, all, I've been in retail for a long time. So I'd say you need to be passionate about the industry that you're in. And I'd say get into retail. I started from the ground floor, Okay. And um, over time, you know, I rose to the level that, uh, that I did. Uh, if someone had asked me uh, 30 years ago when, when I was in India, um, uh, you know, that I'd be taking to American icons public and be the CFO. I would bet against it. So I'd say, you know, join the industry, learn, um, you know, take risks, which are important. I've taken risks all my life. Uh, You know, other than this job, I've never done a job that I've done before. And, and, um, and always, as you think about your next role, think of a couple of things. One, are you having fun? Are you enjoying it? Are you learning? And how will this role play to your next role? Um, And so, I think, have, you know, being curious and uh, ensuring that you're able to ask the right questions, but importantly, delivering on your commitments is what I'd
0: advocate to people. This balance between um, innovation, yet having discipline and grit, and taking the right kinds of risks.
1: Yes, and taking the right—I think being disciplined is important. That's one thing that, that Chip and I and now Michelle, you know, uh, are really focused on because— as a CFO or a growth officer, allocating resources is a critical call. You can allocate resources against different priorities, but how much, uh, whether it's people or capital, do you put in against each priority. And how do you, um, on a postmodern basis, go back and look and say, okay, what worked, what didn't work? And not everything is going to work, but you can learn from what's you know happened and ensure that you're able to be a better leader going forward. Those are the things that are critical.
0: Yeah, we like thinking around test, read, and react, Yeah, but doing it in a way that um, has the right guardrails. And then, in my opinion, the principles of retail have a lot to do with sequencing appropriately from a brand, product, supply chain perspective. Harmate, thanks for spending time with us. We appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Oliver. Thanks for having me. Cheers.
0: Thanks for joining us. Stay tuned for the next episode of T.D. Cowan Insights.